illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beege. Beege, how are you doing? Doing good, Billy. I, I went out and went to uh, the Nightmare Factory. I think it's called the Nightmare Factory. Ooh, that's the haunted night. house done by the uh, School of the Deaf there in Salem. Yes, How first time it? I'd ever been. You know, it was it was long. Um, it was good, so I hear that a lot. But you know, just usually personally, not on terms of a of a uh, of that. But <laughs> but uh, no, it was good there there. Um, I would say it's, it's, it was good. Uh-huh. They have these weird things though. Like you walk through these corridors that are blown up with air. So imagine like two big ass balloons, one on the left and one on the right. And you got to push your way through it. It's like walking through an ass crack. Oh, and, so it's like pushing in on each side. Yes. Yes. So that was a little weird. Um, there were some strobing effects that got you really kind of dazed and confused after a while. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it was good. I got I got to tell you a quick story though on this one. Okay. So the the gal that I went with, we we went out to um, uh, we went out to dinner and we're, we're chatting on uh, on uh, things and so she's 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 telling me so her she found a a a bottle of lube her son left out on the counter. Okay. Ooh, how old's the son? A uh, like seventeen. Ooh, okay. And she's like, I was freaking out. She's like, my son's having sex. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I'm like, God, what did you do? And I'm thinking to myself, God, don't go down this road. Don't go down this road. And she's like, well, I took a picture of it. I sent it to him. I said, what is this? Probably, I would say, one of the most horrific things that a mother could ever do to her son, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
and she's like, are you having sex? And he had to say, no, mom, I'm using it to clean my own pipes. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, how embarrassing to tell your mom that you're, 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 you're releasing the poisons. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get <laughs> the poison like, out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so she goes, the bottle was huge. I'm like, well, you can get that crap on Amazon pretty cool, cheap. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, you're poor boy. I'm never going to be able to look at the kid. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Anyway. Yeah. So that was, that was my fun story for the night. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, rule the of one, thumb. that's the one where you just take it and see, you just take it and put it back in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Say, you, I, you, I hope you're being smart. Yeah, you don't say anything. You just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Where did he leave it at? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm guessing in the bathroom, you know? Yeah. Pro- probably, you know, he... Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, well, the purpose of just... illegal participation... What? <laughs> oh, no. I'm just like, you know, I, I would have just thrown it away and ignored it. Actually, it could never happen. And then he'd be like, I wonder what happened to it. I'm hoping it just went away and to nothing my... <laughs> to my economy bottle of lube. <laughs> to my, it's like a 16-ouncer. It was like, well, no, what, what are those? The, what are the tall cans of beer you, you, that you get? You know, the real tall cans of beer? Are those 20-ouncers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like 20 ounces. Yeah. Wow. Well, well the purpose... For some people that last them a few months, you know, for me, like maybe a week and a half. There you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State beers with others. And just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your Android or iPhone on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also use Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher. We are available on pretty much anything. And actually, That's awesome. And actually, I think you can even like listen to us on iTunes. There's no video, but you can listen to the show I mean, through uh, YouTube. Okay. You go to the We're on Tailgater. YouTube? Yeah, I think if you go to the Heinrich Tailgater oh, YouTube channel. that uh, Will they censor music? Will they censor the music out or no? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's good. Just just, just Facebook censors the music out. Yeah. Freaking commies. Yeah, so if you want to hear the music, then uh, just uh, listen to it on a different podcatcher app. So. All right, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, and also HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Are you checking the emails? I did check the emails. The only email we have is this week's email from Kyle. Okay, okay. So right now, Beach, it's time to get into some Beaver Sports news. We'll start out with some women's volleyball. (sighs) Loving women's volleyball, Billy. Do tell me, how are those ladies doing? Are Are they improving? Well, Beach, the Oregon State volleyball team went on the road Friday down to the McHale Center in Tucson to take on Arizona. And they had a very poor start. We're down two sets, nothing. Okay. But they came back to win in five sets. Nice. That was a good butt, right? That was a good butt. Very rarely do we ever have a good butt. There you go. Um, now, it's the first time OSU has come back from a 2-0 deficit to win a match since beating Wyoming in five sets in 2011. That also snapped a six-game winless streak for the Beeves. And nice. as we record well, right now, Beej, on my computer, I've got on the Pac-12 network, and the Beeves are taking on Arizona State, and they're down one set to nothing and 21-24 to in the second set, and now it is 22. 
Nope, they just lost. Twenty-five to twenty twenty-one. So they're down two sets to nothing there. Okay. But Beach, since we have the uh capability to time travel, mm-hmm. Maddie Goings led the Beavers offense with ten kills. But the OSU volleyball team fell in three sets on the road at Arizona State Sunday afternoon to wrap up the first half of the Pac-12 conference. The Beavers took the loss, dropping the record to 9-12 overall, 3-7 in league. Up next, the Beavs open the second half of the conference season on the road in the Bay Area this week with matches at Stanford on Friday and Cal on Saturday. So, I mean, who would have seen that coming? I, I have I can't believe it. I cannot believe that that just happened. I know. So, yeah. So can't wait to see the ladies next week. All right, Beach, you're yeah. ready for some women's soccer? Oh, women's soccer again. Women running around in short shorts. You know. Well, Beach, it's surprising that they don't have bigger tenants. Yeah, no, I wouldn't doubt it. So down okay, in. Glad- down in Tempe on Thursday night, freshman Abby Schwartz scored twice. Huh, that's twice more than you usually do. And redshirt sophomore Mackenzie Weiner added another as Oregon State defeated the Sun Devils 3-1. to one. Wow. Yeah. And I like to say I score usually twice a day, but I just don't have a competitor. Yeah. You're just, just your giant vat of lube sitting beside your bed. And then, Beach, on Sunday, the Beavs took on Arizona and... Sydney Studer scored early, but Oregon State fell to Arizona on Sunday afternoon, 2-1 in Pac-12 play. With that loss, it brings the Oregon State's record to 10-4-2 overall, 2-4-2 in the Pac-12. The Beavs return home this week to host UCLA on October 31st and USC on the 3rd to begin a three-game homestand to end the regular season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know. Who would have who would have thought? Who would have thought? So And I can't wait to see uh what the ladies do this week. Yes. All right, Beach, on to men's soccer. Sophomore Glory Amanda found the net in the ninety eighth minute to lift the Oregon State men's soccer team to a one oh road victory over San Diego State in some Pac twelve play Thursday evening down in San Diego. Hmm. So that's always good. That's always good to get a Pac-12 win. Yep. And then Beach, next they were taking on UCLA, and the Oregon State men's soccer team wrapped up the weekend with a road sweep Sunday afternoon as the Beavers took down UCLA 3-2 in Los Angeles. Now the win marked the first ever road victory for Oregon State against the Bruins. With the win, the Beavers moved to 7-5-1 and on the season and 4-2-1 and in Pac-12. The Beavs will play their final three matches of the regular season at home beginning on November 7th when Stanford visits Lorenz Field. Unbelievable, Billy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who would have seen that coming? It's shocking. Absolutely shocking. Oh, I know, I know, I know. So it'll be interesting to see what the men do this week. Well, maybe you want to watch the men. I'd rather watch the women. There you go. Well, speaking of women, Beej, as we speak right now, the women – are starting with their first exhibition game of the season. Women what? Women basketball, sorry. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, are we women exhibitionists or exhibitioning? Nope. Or what? So nope. okay. All right. So right now there's an exhibition going on. Yep. And All right. the Oregon State women's basketball team rolled to a ninety five to forty one win 
over Union Sunday afternoon in an exhibition match at Gill Coliseum. Freshman Taylor Jones led the Bees with 27 points on 11 for 20 shooting from the floor. She also tallied 12 rebounds to complete the double-double to go along with five blocks. Destiny Slocum finished with 16 points on five assists, while Michaela Pivik narrowly missed a double-double with 14 points and nine rebounds. As a team, the Beef shot 52% from the floor and held Union to 23.4% shooting. The Beefs also held a 55-36 advantage in rebounds. As we said, the Beefs will host their second exhibition game of the year on Friday when Concordia visits Gill Coliseum. That game will be free. Wow, who would have saw that coming? Well, I think we all knew they were going to win. So they're looking they're looking pretty good. They're look, it's going to be a good season. And then uh, coming up on today, I believe, is their game against the U.S. women's team. So so what age are the U.S. women's teams? Are they, are they college level or are they a little older? No, no, they're all professionals. So they're mid-20s probably, mid to late 20s? Yeah. Okay. Yep, it'll be a really interesting uh, uh, game. So, hmm. Oh, actually, that's not yet. Oh, wait, that's the November 4th. So their next game is November 1st against Concordia. Uh, Concordia in Portland? Concordia from Portland, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Are, now, are they playing up in Concordia? Or they play no, down they'll play Gil? down here. Okay. Yep. All right, Beach, and then on to some men's basketball. And how, how are Tinkle and the boys doing? Oregon I love State the name, rolled to a 79-60 win over Carroll College on Wednesday night in an exhibition game at Gill Coliseum. Kyler Kelly led the Bees with 16 points, while Ethan Thompson added 14, and Trace Tinkle chipped in 13. Hmm. Oregon State shot 57% from the field and outscored the Fighting States 36-18 in the paint and 21-2 on fast break points. 13 Beavs played in the game, including six newcomers, and 10 of them got in the scoring column. The Beavs will next host Warner Pacific in another exhibition game at 7 p.m. on Tuesday at Gill. Mm. So there you go. Mm. And then... Really? Yeah. Never never mind. What were you going to say? Well, we got a little bit of football news, even though the Beavs didn't have a game this week. We have a little football news to catch up on. What happened in football? Well, Beach, Oregon State redshirt senior punter Daniel Rodriguez was named the Pac-12 Conference's Special Team Player of the Week last week. Now, Rodriguez from Pleasant, California, picked up his second special teams honor of the season after averaging 40.9 yards on nine punts in the Beavs' 21-17 win over Cal Saturday in Berkeley. He trapped the Golden Bears inside their 20 twice and had a game-long 51-yarder late in the third quarter. Now, Rodriguez is averaging 44.2 yards per punt this season, which would rank him as the second best single season mark in school history if this season ended today. He's also averaging 42.7 yards per punt over his career, which is tied for the second best in the program's record books. Who's number one? I'm not sure. I can look up for next year. Hmm. Next week, I mean. You can what? I can look next up for week, next okay. week, yeah. Now, the oh, okay, because shirt... you should have known I was going to ask that question. Yeah, well. You're a dick. I that's the only thing I know. So the redshirt senior's honor is the second of the season. He earned his first October 7th after the Beavs defeated UCLA. Now, it's the first time an Oregon State player has been named Special Teams Player of the Week twice in the same season since Justin Cahoot in 2009. And also... Just, it's, what? Wow, it's been it's been that many years since Cahoot was out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ten years. Wow. Yep. Now, Beach, um 
Also this week, Oregon State redshirt seniors Keegan Firth and Daniel Rodriguez have been added to a pair of watch lists. Firth is now on the Patrick Manley Award watch list, which is being given for the first time this year to the nation's top long snapper. Rodriguez, meanwhile, is the reigning Pac-12 Conference Special Teams Player of the Week and is now on the Ray Guy Award list given annually to the nation's top bunner. Firth has played in all seven games for the Bees this season and has three tackles. The Corvallis native has appeared in 23 career games over three seasons for the Bees. So that's always good. Kind of makes me wish they had that award back when uh, our friend Brad Barkoff was playing. He definitely would have won that. Yeah. He was a hell of a long snapper. Uh, Especially for the amount of times he had to do it in the season because they stunk back then and punted a lot. (laughs) And they did punt a lot. Hey, Billy? Hey, yeah, Pete. You hear that? Yes, I do. Hold on, just one second. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Pete. This just in. Eugene restaurants struggle with four-month-old single-use ordinance. Eugene restaurants have voice frustration with city's single-use ordinance on straws, utensils, stirrers, and condiment packets. To clarify what is not included in the ordinance, the city will send out a single-use letter to all businesses recapping the rule. City waste prevention analyst Anna Reed, who herself is a waste, said she expects mixed reactions. Good news is the city will only find a business after sending a single-use warning letter on the first a warning, and then they will get uh, fined. Uh-huh. Uh, code enforcement is only done by worthless residents who have nothing better to do than report lo- local overtaxed and regulated businesses to overpaid transitioning city official who drives a Prius with a vote for Bernie bumper sticker on the back of their window. <laughs> In other news, the city of Eugene said they will expanding their free condoms and needles campaign. All local businesses will now be required by penalty of fine or jail time to hand out hand out three condoms and five needles to all consumers who make purchases within the city limits. Items must be handed out since bags have been made illegal. And this has been your update from Eugene. There you go. Isn't that the truth? Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, so so what what was happening, uh, there was a, a burrito place that wasn't giving lids on their cups because they thought the lids were also really so they were asking if somebody wanted a lid and so then they're like no lids are okay but straws are not yeah so you take away the lid but you have to you have to offer the straw or the person has to ask for the straw yeah but if you give the person a straw then they can report you to the city which will then get you the letter made on paper uh mailed which will go in the trash uh, and then ultimately go into landfill um, because it most likely will be recycled because if I was being done by that for the city, all my stuff would be going in the landfill just have spike. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so just un- unreal what what this has come to. Yeah, well, that was like... You know, and, and so a lot of people know I work, I have a part-time retail job, right? So nothing exciting. It keeps me off the streets and out of troubles and, you know, prevents me from going back into that gutter and that really rough, you know, decade that I had there. You know, you remember that time, Billy. Oh, yeah. So anyway. Uh, the dark times. Uh, those are dark times. Anyway, if anybody knew how much waste, if everybody knew how much waste was produced on the wholesale retail level, 
on shipping products to a business, most likely from China, <laughs> right? And they knew how much of that product went into the trash. I mean, literally, I work for a, a retail store. I won't name the name, but probably half you know. But we get a big-ass cardboard paper box filled with, with clothes in it, right? Uh -huh. And there's T-shirts and whatnot. And a lot of times, those T-shirts will be wrapped in a sink. One T-shirt will be wrapped in a single piece of plastic. So it's not like we're getting a bulk 20 thing of shirts in, a, in one single plastic. Every shirt is singly wrapped in plastic. Mm -hmm. And that plastic doesn't get recycled. It gets thrown in the trash, and it goes out and gets sent out to Arlington in a big old you know, uh, uh, garbage pile out there that they'll bury under earth. And nobody wants to stop that. And if you really think about it, you know, oh, we so care about the environment. But all that crap is pretty much made in Vietnam or China or somewhere in, in Southeast Asia. Right. Uh -huh. It's made using chemical processes that probably com com contaminate the air and soil. OK. And then the, and in and, and unsatisfactory what we would consider unsatisfactory working conditions, most likely for unsatisfactory pay, which, again, we would consider they probably don't. But that's their country and this is ours. And then they go on a boat where they burn oil to ship it all the way across the country over to a dist distribution point where then it has to be trucked out by local places to the retail location that's going to be selling it. And then they have to remove all of the plastic and the cardboard and everything that was done to wrap it so that we can sell it on the shelves. And we're worried about the straw that the consumer is going to use to suck down their Coke. I know. Seriously. I know. Seriously. Well, do you, you know now, the whole. You, were too, you know the whole reason why the straw thing is. That's because that, that little kid wrote a bogus article about a stupid turtle. Well, the the turtle. There was that turtle video that came out. Yeah. Then some kid wrote some paper and Report. and made With, and basically made, made up. up some study about how many straws end up in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Literally made it and up. Again, study doesn't mostly, exist. Mostly in South and mostly in Southeast Asia. Yep. <laughs> you know, you know, our, and I don't even know if you know. Well, I mean, you and I did that. I mean, when we worked at Walt Disney World, do you remember you were in custodial on Main Street at Walt Disney World in Florida? Mm -hmm. And after a parade, the the ground was disgustingly dirty. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody just threw all, all their the crap on the oh, ground, yeah. popcorn buckets and cups. Everything. Then you had to come in with power vacs. Yeah. And suck it all up. But that was the it East was Coast. A, it was a, yeah. And when we went back to California that same year, California was a fraction yeah. of of the of mess after a parade. Yeah. And now you go to Florida and Florida is a fraction of what it was back in ninety four. Yeah. Did you have you do you remember seeing that? Oh, no, completely, there? Completely. It's like wow. Yeah. And so that concept of in, in caring for your environment has has done well in terms of people throwing away the waste so at least it's not littered across the world and it's just being thrown in a in a garbage uh, dump but yeah. uh but yeah i mean that that's stuff that foreign countries need a, to to resolve on their end mm -hmm. you know the u.s is doing a pretty good job not that we can't do better but i yeah. mean for pete's sake they they make it sound like we're you know i always go by what uh, thomas soul always says when, whenever you're looking at a statistic you always have to say compared to what yeah you know well, we're terrible at this. Well, compared to what? Yeah. You know. <clears throat> anyway. Do we have do so. and that's what I keep saying. You know, we're getting better. Are we are we there yet? Yeah. No. But we're moving in the right direction. I mean I, but but I will tell you, if I go through a McDonald's and I get a hotcakes and sausage and somebody doesn't throw a freaking knife and a fork in there for me, somebody's gonna get a foot up their ass. <laughs> you know, because I'm not gonna be, you know, three miles away from the McDonald's going through trying to get my freaking hotcakes and sausage cut up. And then realize that I don't have a freaking fork and a knife. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get with my hands. I'm not a savage. So anyway. Anyways, Beach, 
It is now time to go under further review for week number nine in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! All right, what what's uh, going on? Can what, you believe that? You week know, nine. I only caught I, I week nine, number nine, number nine. What um, I only caught a half of one game on the radio on XM. Really? So yeah, so I'm I'm not very up on this at all. Well, I apologize. It was it was some, some good good football going on. Our first game was uh, UCLA at Colorado, no. and uh, what? No, it wasn't. All right, it wasn't. So uh, heading into this week, Beach. That's what I have. Heading into this week, uh, we had there was a uh, forty-one points. Kyle was in last place. I hate you, Kyle. With 31 out of 41, you were in second of 37 out of 41, and I as was at 39 out of 41. Up first, we had one game on Friday night, USC. Oh, okay. Um, at Colorado. At so Colorado. it wasn't Saturday. It was Friday. Okay, and we all picked the men of Troy to beat the Buffalo. Yes. USC quarterback freshman Keaton Slovis threw for 406 yards and four TD passes, including scores of 44 and 37 yards to Michael Pittman Jr. in the fourth quarter. Southern California escaped Folsom Field with a 35 to 31 win Friday night over the Hard Luck Buffaloes, who fell what to 0 who fell to 0 and 14 against the Trojans. The difference maker was the 37 yarder with 2:15 left that gave USC its first lead since early in the second quarter. Also coming up huge for the Trojans were fellow freshman Amon Ross, St. Brown, who had a 37-yard TD run, Keenan Kristen, who had 85 yards rushing and a TD reception, and Drake London, who had seven catches for 85 yards. Now, Kristen and London also recovered fumbles by Keaton that kept alive two touchdown drives. Now, for Colorado, quarterback Steven Montez, who had zero TDs and six interceptions in his last two games, through three TD passes, including a seven, including a 71 yarder to LaVisca Chenault Jr. on the second play of the second half. But he wasn't the same after taking a hard hit from safety Hunter Eccles late in the third quarter. Hmm. So we all got the win there, but barely. Yeah. Colorado had a good, I, you know, I, I said, sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. And, and, it would have been nice to see Colorado. I would have liked to have seen Colorado win, mm-hmm. only to take USC out. That would give Utah a chance. Because didn't USC beat Utah, correct? Correct. So Utah needs USC to drop a game in order for them to be ahead in the Pac-12 South, correct? Correct. So I think, are they tied right now down there? But USC takes it because of the tiebreaker? Uh, well, USC has a basically a game-and-a-half lead on Utah. Okay. Don't they? Because I don't think USC. Let me see. They not have a bye week yet or something? No, I don't think they've. Have they taken a loss in the pack? I'm not sure. I don't think they're that good, though. Oh, no. USC is 4 and 1. So they've got a half game lead. They're both 4 and 1. Yeah, so they need. So Utah. And honestly, I'd like. I want to see Utah take the, the uh, South. Mm-hmm. Well, let me put it this way I'd like to see Utah take the South if Oregon takes the North. If uh, Oregon State takes the North, then I want to see USC take the South. Yeah, and or, or, uh, USC has four games left. Oregon, mm-hmm. Arizona State, Cal, and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Two home, two away. Okay. So, we'll see. We'll see. 
All right, Beach. So all of us got the point there. Up next, all the games run Saturday, October 26th. First up, Arizona at Stanford. And uh, you and Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, uh, took uh, Arizona and the Wildcats. Me, I stood strong with the Cardinal. How did I do, Billy? Well, being forced to stand on the sidelines for the past three weeks took its toll on Stanford senior quarterback K.J. Costello, who returned to Stanford's starting lineup and led the Cardinal to a 41-31 victory over visiting Arizona on Saturday. An energized Costello threw for 312 yards and three touchdowns after missing three games with a thumb injury. He was 30-43 of 43 passing with no interceptions. Now, he was kind of having to play because backup Miles Davis was out with a can- calf injury and unavailable. Now, showing no signs of discomfort, Costello rifled passes to 12 different receivers, including a pair of touchdown passes to Simi Fijico and one to Bryson Tremaine, whose only two career receptions have both gone for touchdowns. Running back Cameron Scarlett rushed for 102 yards and scored twice. Freshman Ryan Sanborn added a pair of field goals. Now, Sanborn is playing Beach because Jet Toner, the guy that basically won the game for Stanford against the Beavs, has been hurt. Now, for the Wildcats, J.J. Taylor rushed for 107 yards and surpassed 3,000 yards for his career. Jermaine Joyner and Drew Dixon caught TD passes from Khalil Tate, who moved into eighth place on Arizona's all-time passing yards list. Now, freshman quarterback Grant Gunnell played two consecutive series in the first half, leading the Wildcats on efficient eight-play, 65-yard scoring drive in which he completed all three pass attempts for 34 yards, including an eight-yard scoring pass to Jalen Johnson. So the Bees might have to be prepared for that this week, Bees, getting two quarterbacks. Yeah. So So you picked up a win there, moved a little bit closer to me and a little bit farther away from Kyle. Mm -hmm. And, okay, next up, Arizona State at UCLA. And we all picked, so this is the game I caught the half of uh, on XM. And so I was listening to it. I didn't get to watch it. And I thought it was funny because I'm listening to the Arizona State broadcasters. And they pretty much, I love the one guy's comment. He's like, uh, Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, and the worst refs. <laughs> oh, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, and because, and I mean, I was surprised because normally, you know, when you're listening to like uh, Parker and their broadcast, they will make a comment about maybe a bad call, you know, or a questionable call. But they don't. I, I've never hear them hammer. These guys were just like, these guys are terrible. These guys are absolutely terrible. Well, and the thing is, like they, they, the one thing is they're ter- usually terrible all the way around, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's, they're getting just at least, bad. At least they're not, at least they're not biased on their, on their, on their poor calling. They, 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 they treat, they treat, they treat both teams like shit. That's yeah, what you're saying. Pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Well, Beach, UCLA senior running back Joshua Kelly had a career night Saturday, which is why the Bruins were able to beat a top 25 team for the second time this season. Now, Kelly scored a career-high four TDs and rushed for 164 yards in UCLA's 42-32 victory over 24th-ranked Arizona State. Kelly has rushed for over 100 yards in three of the past four games. He is the first Pac-12 player and fourth nationally this season to have four rushing touchdowns in a game. Now, the Bruins scored on five of their first six drives, including four consecutive possessions from late in the first quarter to midway in the third to roar out to a 35-7 lead after it was tied at 7-7. Quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson completed 16 of 23 passes for 176 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the sophomore injured his leg after being hit on a scramble during the fourth quarter and did not return. 
Kelly didn't have an update on his quarterback. That's Chip Kelly didn't. Oh, they don't talk about injuries, correct? No. no. Now, for Arizona State, quarterback Jaden Daniels was 20 of 29 for 271 yards and three fourth-quarter touchdowns. He also rushed for 67 yards, including a one-yard sneak during the first quarter that tied it. Running back Eno Benjamin, who came into the game fourth in the Pac-12 in rushing average, was held to 46 yards on 13 carries. Frank Darby had six receptions for 110 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Yeah, he was stuffed. I was really rooting for uh, Arizona State. I just, again, I'd like to see UCLA just kind of wallow down in the mud where they belong. Yeah, because we hate Chip Kelly. Yeah. Nothing against the players. I'm sure they're talented, but. Hate Chip Kelly. Yep. So. So. All right, Beach. None of us got the win there. Up next, Cal at Utah. And we all picked Utah to dominate Cal. Were we right? Well, Utah running back Zach Moss ran for 115 yards and two touchdowns, breaking two more school records as number 12 Utah routed Cal 35 to nothing on Saturday night. Wow. After becoming Utah's career leader in rushing yards last week, Moss increased his total to 33 touchdowns on the ground and surpassed Del Rogers, who set the previous mark of 31 from 78 to 81. Now, Moss also reached 100 yards rushing for the 15th time, breaking the school record he had shared with Devontae Berker and John White IV. Moss also finished with 89 yards on three receptions. Now, the Utes rolled to 351 yards and 28 points in the first half, while allowing just 33 yards for the Bears. Tyler Huntley threw for 214 yards and a touchdown on 11 for 17 passing before sitting out the second half and resting his injured lower left leg. Now, Utah has only allowed 10 points in the last 14 quarters. And that lone touchdown, Beach, was a last-minute score in the 52-7 win over Oregon State a couple of weeks ago. Now, the Bears have lost four in a row after starting 4-0 and reaching number 15 in the AP poll. Now, in his first start, freshman quarterback Spencer Brash was under constant harassment and completed 7 of 19 passes for 47 yards. Regular starter Chase Garbers and backup Devin Monster were both injured. And, Beach, that also broke Cal's uh, streak of holding opponents under 24 points. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I'm just, Utah just I mean, went out and just leveled them. Yeah, I mean, the fact they couldn't even get it in the end zone or through the uprights. Yeah. So. Yeah, they were just destroyed. Wow. So we all got the win there. All right, Beach, and the last game of the week. Washington State at Oregon. And I was so rooting for the Cougs on this one. I'm like, please, Cougs, don't Coug. Don't Coug. But what did they do, Billy? Well, Beach, Oregon running back C.J. Verdell ran for a career-high 257 yards and three touchdowns, including an 89-yard touchdown run early in the game. But it was freshman kicker Camden Lewis who nailed a 26-yard field goal as time expired, extending number 11 Oregon's winning streak to seven games with a 37-35 victory over Washington State on Saturday night. Now, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon's five-yard touchdown pass on fourth down to Brandon Arcanado with a minute remaining gave Washington State a 35-34 lead. But then Justin Herbert completed four straight passes on the ensuing drive, to get the Ducks close for Lewis's kick. Now, the loss snapped Washington State's four-game winning streak over Oregon. Now, Gordon threw for 406 yards and three TDs for the Cougs, while Arcanado caught nine passes for 130 yards and two scores. Herbert threw for 222 yards, but his streak of 35 straight games with a touchdown pass, the longest active in the nation, 
was snapped. So that sucks. It does. You got the point. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it was one of those things where I knew where I stood at the end of that. Right. But Hmm. I was going to take the loss if it meant Oregon lost. Because yeah. there I'm picking yeah. who I think's not going to win, who who I think's going to win, mm-hmm. not who I want to win. Yeah, yeah, and I and I was kind of right. I mean, I thought it was going to be a close game, and it was. Oh, very much so. so. Yeah, very I much. Was, so. I was really hoping Wazoo would pull it out, but you know, my God, how many games have they cooked this year? Several. Three. Oh well, they UCLA. Yeah. This one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they should run more time off towards the end. They do. They weren't. They just weren't uh, managing I, the clock. Well. No, not really. I, I just they got down there, you know, deep, and it's like, look, you're either going to score, or you know, you're going to, or or not. I mean, you have to. You needed a touchdown to to tie, with a PAT to go ahead, mm-hmm. and it's just like run some time. You, you know, you got, it's once you got down there close, and it was either score or nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would have run yeah. some more time, but. Yeah, incomplete cut, cut passes down, tend to so, do that. Yeah. But whether you're going to win or lose, there's not going to be any time left on the clock for them if you win. Yeah, you're you're calling it short. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, they they didn't they had one or no timeouts left. So even if they don't score, it's not like you had any chance of getting the ball back. Hmm. So. All right, Beach. Uh, it's now time to look at the Pac-12 in the polls. Okay. So as of today, Oregon jumped up four spots and is at number seven. Utah. Which surprises me since since they didn't win convincingly over Washington State. No, but, okay. but a lot well, of schools behind them, uh, in front of them, lost. That's what. It, that's what it was. Oklahoma was they didn't lost. Get Auburn okay. lost. Notre Dame lost. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a bunch of schools in front of them. You know, Wisconsin lost a second game. Notre Dame lost a mm-hmm. second game. So a lot of teams fell back. You know, Auburn okay. lost the so, game. So, so where, where did they end up again? So Oregon's in at number seven. Utah jumped up three spaces to number nine. Okay. And that is it for the Pac-12 in the, poll, in the AP poll. And Washington, USC, all higher in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the coaches' poll, Oregon jumped up three spots to number eight. Utah jumped up two spots to number 10. And Washington, Arizona State are all in the others receiving votes category. But USC's not? They don't get any votes in the coaches' poll, no. Okay. USA Today? That's the USA Today coaches' poll. Oh, I thought that was – oh, USA Today coach. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. So, yeah. just down to two teams in there. But, you know, they're moving up. And depending on what happens, my thing is some of these teams like LSU, Alabama, they're going to have to play each – well, and you've got um, Georgia up there, Florida. Some of these teams are going to have to play each other because they're all in SEC. Okay. Right? You know, you've got Penn State and Ohio State. Still going to have to probably play each other somewhere down the line. I think that's going to put Oregon in potential to to go towards number one well, or number two because you get you got to be in the top four. And if Oregon wins out, mm-hmm. I would figure they should be in that top four. But I think the same thing happens with Utah. So if, if you're you, in the top four, would they still go to the Rose Bowl or do they? I go to don't the playoffs know how first? it works this this year. I'll have to look. Okay, I'll, I'll look that up. 
Okay, so the Rose Bowl is its own thing. Um, the national championship is in New Orleans. So the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Bowl got brought into the what used to be the BCS. Okay, right? so they are the they are the they are the uh, semi semi. No, uh, so the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl are left alone. The Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl are the semifinal games. Se- uh-huh. And then the the uh, national championship is in uh, New Orleans. So if which the, is uh, where the Sugar Bowl is. is. So is the national championship the Sugar Bowl? No, the Sugar Bowl is on January first. And the championship game is a week later or so. Yes, the championship game is almost two weeks later. It's January thirteenth. Okay, so so if the top team in the Pac-12 is one of the top four teams, who goes to the Rose Bowl? I don't know. Depends how it works out. Okay. There's a lot. There's too much in the way to to figure that out. Okay. You know, it depends where people are. I know the Rose Bowl would like to have a Big Ten Pac-12 matchup if they can. But that's not always possible. Mm -hmm. Just because sometimes other teams get slotted and have to have a spot to go. So. Yeah. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? Sure do. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beej, it was actually kind of tough this week. You know, we've been doing this for... Not, a lot, our, of, not a lot of Jackass. This is our eighth season. The Jackass Award started in that first season. Because I would just bitch about mm-hmm. Tommy Tuberville a lot. And then... Mm-hmm. It's always, and I've never usually had a problem finding some jackassery that happens every week. But this week, it was kind of tough. But I did find kind of one story that it kind of bothers me. And so uh, this is who we're going to be giving it to. So, Beej, you know that a lot of schools have that beginning of the first, fourth quarter music, right? Yes. Yeah. So at Oregon State, they like to play TNT. Yep, by ACDC. Yep. Yep. Oregon, they like to play um, "Shout" from Blues Brothers, yep. or I mean from uh, Animal, 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 Animal House. House yeah. Which side note was funny because I remember back in the early '90s, they actually Oregon State brought Otis, my man, to come and do a concert at halftime. Way before Oregon started using that song, Oregon State celebrated it. Really? Yeah. You don't remember that? I, you know, I brief, I, I vaguely do. It's been quite a few oh, years. Oh yeah, they, they brought they brought Otis, my man, out. So that's yeah, awesome. But anyway, so now Oregon uses it, which is fine. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's theirs to their school. Yeah, sure, whatever. They can have it, and it's a yeah. good song actually. And like how it gets the crowd into it, it, it's great. But you know who really is the first school to start this? Is Jump Around Wisconsin? Correct. Okay. So, Beach, when Jump Around is played at Camp Randall Stadium in Wisconsin prior to the start of the fourth quarter, it creates one of the most unforgettable atmospheres in college football as fans literally rock the house in support of the Badgers. But, Beach, when the Ohio State Buckeyes and Illinois Fighting Illini play it in their stadiums during and after victories against the Badgers as they have in consecutive weeks, it's unforgettable for a different reason. Now, Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson said, that's something that we hold dear at Wisconsin. It's usually a time to get excited and get pumped up. Coming into somewhere else and having them play it, it definitely stings a little bit. 
Now, Ohio State was the last, latest to do it, playing jump around midway through the fourth quarter of Saturday's 38-7 route of number 13 Wisconsin at Ohio Stadium. Now, a week earlier, as Illinois fans stormed the field, the song blared on the Memorial Stadium speakers after the Illini stunned the then number six Badgers 24-23. Now, Ferguson said, I think a lot of our guys are looking forward to playing these guys again. And that's Beach right where I put it. You know, the people that do this are not the football team. It's, you know, mm-hmm. some smart ass in the, in, the, in the press box who's deciding what to play. And while they might find it funny, you know, all you're doing is stoking that fire for next season. Mm-hmm. And teams don't forget. And football is such an emotional sport. I don't know why you're giving them free fuel for that fire. You know, it's yeah. I was thinking when you were mentioning it, I always go back to uh, at the end of the Civil War, uh, Lincoln requested the band play Dixie after the the South uh, surrendered, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it out of uh, animosity. He did it out of respect. Exactly. But but this is done out of animosity. Yeah. You, you don't you don't do that. Yeah, especially so, when you're Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, Have a little class. yeah, exactly. You guys are the big dog, or pretty much the big dog on the block for a number of seasons. Have been. Why do you guys have to do that, right? Uh huh. I I just don't understand that, and it's just it's just classless. Well, my my because my, when, my view's always been you proved it on the field. Why do you need to be a dick after? That? Exactly, and and my thing with it there is, I've never heard of Wisconsin being a bunch of assholes, right? I've mm-hmm. never heard of the team being jerks. I've never heard of the, the fans being jerks. Mm-hmm. It's something they do for themselves at their own stadium. So, and it's it's a hell of a sight to see. Yeah. I, I'd love you and I to go back to a Wisconsin game only for the fact to see see that. I want to. I want to go so. back. I want us to. I want you to go back to a game in uh, Nebraska sometime. Okay. Okay. So it'll be done. But anyways, I just thought it was a classless move, and uh, Ohio State and last week Illinois. You get this week's. Jackass of the week war. Yeah, I just don't think it's a. I I just don't understand the the reasoning behind it. There's no reason for it. So. Nope. All right, Beach. It is now time for our musical interlude of the week, and this week is your pick. So so I did a you know every, I I don't know if people realize this, but I really do a lot of research to try to figure out what I'm gonna pick. So because I'm like. I, I always figure that the people who are listening to our podcast might be doing it while they're driving into work or driving home from work. They're they're probably, you know, mobile. So I want to have a song that you can enjoy while driving, right? And so I went through a couple. And then the other thing that annoys me a lot is when you listen to a song and you really listen to the song and you realize that all they do is sing the chorus like 10 times at the end. <laughs> and, and that really pisses me off. And so there's a couple songs that were on my list today. And then I listed listened to them. And I'm like going, God damn it, they're just singing the same freaking song or the same same chorus over and over again to get their three and a half minutes on the radio time. So I did a little bit more research. Came up with one. So and uh, so this song that I picked has an Oregon connection. Uh, a young woman named Julianne Phillips made a cameo in the music video for this song, I know the song. Uh, where she appeared at the, at the baseball field. I'm not done at the baseball field in the final scene. Julianne was raised in Lake Oswego and she met the writer and performer of this song in 1984 
and they married in May of 1985. And it was a big deal. Uh, unfortunately, here in they Oregon. did divorce a few years later. Yeah, it was a big deal here. It was in a huge deal so, here in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember because they're always like, and, and that's how I remember that she was yeah. in the music videos because they made a comment that she was in the music video. So the song was the fifth single released from the album Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. And it peaked at number five on Billboard uh, Hot 100 in the summer of 1985. Interesting fact on this song is that there is an alternate mix that includes one extra verse. Really? Did you know this? No. Yes, and I'd like you. I'd like you to find this because I found it on YouTube. So if you can find this, the the alternate one, you just have to look up the song with alternate verse or with with additional verse, and it'll play it. So uh, the alternate verse uh, is about the narrator's father, who worked at the Ford Auto Plant in Machuca, New Jersey, for 20 years, and now spends his time at the American Legion Hall, thinking how he ain't never had any glory days. Huh. And that is what this is. It's Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. So here it is, hopefully with the uh, the additional verse. And here you go. Uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs>
That was cool. I'd never yeah, heard that I, I had no idea there was. Me neither. I, you know, I, I I don't know if our audience, because we don't get a lot of feedback, but I, I don't know if our audience appreciates some of the weird crap that we figure out and find out and <laughs> share with them. Yeah. But I, 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 love, I love interesting stuff like that. Yeah. So. We're full of a lot of interesting, stupid stuff. So, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I always tell, I was talking to some people the other day and I was like, you know what? You really don't have to be super smart in this world to get a line. It, it helps, but being curious really helps. If, Ab- if you're, absolutely. If, if you're curious about things, about whatever, you're going to be fine. So, yeah. Cause, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. All right, Beach. No. Well, it is now time to look at week 10 in the Pac-12. Week 10, Beach. We're almost, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's almost November. Uh, I'm looking out on my, my vineyard here and the, the leaves are falling. They're a beautiful yellow color. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it signals the end of the season. We're getting close to the end of the season. I know it's crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got the email from Kyle and it looks like we've only got four pack 12 games this week and they all are on Saturday, November 2nd. So okay. first up, we have Utah at Washington. Uh, no question in my mind, Utah will destroy Washington. 
Okay. Beach goes Utah. I too am go Utah. Kyle says this week's picks all seem very difficult. Which side note, and I agree with him. So he said Utah versus Washington. Utah seems better all the time. Utah. I completely agree with that sentiment. All right, next up. Mm-hmm. Oregon at USC. USC. Really? Yeah. I don't think USC is that good. I don't think Oregon plays very well in the Coliseum. And I think Oregon's luck's going to run out. Yeah. Kyle says, I wanted the Cougs to win so bad, Oregon. I, too, am taking USC. I think USC's got a lot of talent. I just don't necessarily think their head coach is that great. Mm-hmm. But – I think, but you think they might be able to put it. I yeah. think raw talent can sometimes overcome poor coaching. So and it is okay. and it is in the Coliseum. So Yeah. I don't like rooting for USC. USC's but, got a pretty strong record in USC's got a pretty strong record there in the Coliseum, don't they? Of course, yeah. I mean the the, the beating Colorado on the road was their first road win this year. So they were undefeated at home. So Okay. They actually beat USC. I mean Utah in the Coliseum, so all right, Beach, up next. Uh, Colorado at UCLA. Colorado. Really? God. I always look, really. You, you, you have two go-to words, but and really. I, too, am taking Colorado. I just, I, you're such an Well, ass. no, I'm writing it down before you say your pick. And that's why I said it like that. I was like, dang it, I thought you were going to take UCLA. Of course, you hate Chip Kelly. So, Kyle says, I hate Chip Kelly. And, and Colorado was so close last week yeah. that I think they're going to continue with that effort, and I well, think they'll be able to overcome yeah, UCLA. If, if, if this wasn't a first-year coach, I would think maybe mm-hmm. some of these guys might give up. But because it's a first-year coach, I think he'll still keep them fighting. So, mm-hmm. And they've still got some stuff to play for. They could still make a bowl game. You know, mm-hmm. they need to win a lot of games here at the end, but. You know, it's still possible for him. Um, Kyle, when I was, well, let me say, Kyle oh, says uh, my picks have been so bad. I want Colorado to win, so I'll pick UCLA. <laughs> so he's using reverse <laughs> psychology there. I don't know how yeah, that works. Wasn't that picks, George, but... Yeah, well, George Costanza tried that. I think in Seinfeld, where he was going to do just the opposite of what he would normally do to try to change the outcome. So did it work? You know, normally he would like he well yeah it was like normally when he would go out with a girl he would lie and say that he was an architect but instead he was going to tell him the truth that he was unemployed and living with his parents uh-huh. and all of a sudden he starts and then all of a sudden the galley you know she's like what do you do he's like i'm unemployed and i live with my parents really <laughs> so it worked for him so i don't know maybe it'll maybe it'll work for kyle we'll maybe. see all right beach and the last game of this of the weekend oregon state at arizona And I'm taking the the beeves on this one, Billy. I I think well, I'm hoping we have this one. I, it, nothing's ever great, but I think we've got a good shot. Yeah, I agree. There's I, always a chance. I too am taking the beeves. Kyle says, "Hey, we both lost to Hawaii. Go beeves," <laughs> which is true, and probably both easily could have beat Hawaii. I mean, Arizona kind of had them dead to rights. We had Hawaii dead to rights. So, anyways, yeah. So I'm looking. I'm looking for a good win. I'm looking for a good win. Do you have any plans so, wait, this coming weekend? Is, so, 
this coming weekend? Yeah. Next week. Uh, aren't we going to the, it's a Veerboard Sausage Festival, isn't it? Correct. And we're going to go early because I think the Beaver game is at 1.30. Ooh, okay. Okay. So we're going to go to the Veerboard Sausage Festival first? Yeah. And it does it start like at lunchtime? Yeah. Do they have a lunch version? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll go get some sausage and green beans and mashed potatoes and gravy at, at the Visitation Church in Veerboard, Oregon. Correct. And then my thought was we go over to the uh, the primetime uh, out there in Corneas afterwards and uh, get drinks and watch the game there. What were your thoughts? That works for me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only closest bar that I know of that's got TVs decently. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, well, that's good. I love sausage. That's what I hear. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my only uh, thing. And we got Halloween coming up on Thursday. Yep, correct. So, saw where you bought all your full-size candy bars already. Correct. But what the crummy part is, yeah, I, I won't be here. Really? No, where, where are you going to be? We have a promo that night working? at Suds, yeah. Uh, well, that'll be good. Night. I'm sure the pr- Ooh, can you? And so you're you're going to be at the promo at the bar. There's going to be tons of girls there dressed in sexy little whatever outfits, right? Sexy maids. You don't, sexy... You don't come into suds often, do you? Does that not happen? <laughs> Just a bunch of middle aged dudes. We'll, we'll probably have some good costumes, but I don't know how many of those you're going to see. We had one oh. costume one guy one year who was he actually built a pinball game. And so, like, on his chest was the scoreboard of the pinball, and it stuck out. And you could actually go up and uh-huh. play it. Really? It was amazing. It kept scoring everything. It was crazy. Now, we have some creative well, costumes. What, 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 what did you use for the plunger? I don't remember. You just had a little thing that you pulled it and plunged it. Quit, quit trying to be gross. <laughs> what kind of bar do you work at, Billy? Not that kind of bar, <laughs> Not a meat market kind of bar. Uh, so, okay. What what else? So, so you're going to be doing the promo? Well, we got the promo that night. So, yeah. So, so the boys going to be handing out your candy? Um, no, Jess will be. Oh, okay, okay. But, you got a lot of little kids from her school that stop oh, by? Oh, yeah. They all know where we live. Oh, that's So, scary. that's why we have like that, 150. Now when they're kindergartners. Yeah, but like, wait until they, you know. Go out one night, watch the Joker, and get inspired. There you go. Um, so. <laughs> well, we had one little one little kid last year who threatened to TP our house. Really? Yeah, and Jess was standing there, and she goes, well, you know what that, that happens? I'm going to call the cops, which is funny because you know what that little boy's dad was? The cop? Yep. <laughs> In McMinnville, but still. <laughs> he was like, still, oh, still. I'm gonna, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to call my dad. <laughs> so. Anyways. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Well, right. I'm hoping we get a good uh, game this week. I want you know only four games, but all four of those games are great games to watch. I was when I was listening to that uh, that uh, Arizona State uh, broadcast for the game on Saturday. Uh-huh. They were going through stuff, and they actually mentioned Oregon State a little bit, and they said Oregon State has the toughest schedule still ahead of them. Yeah, according to the rankings. Yeah, well, because we've got look, the worst schedule. If you look, we've still got. You know, Washington State, Washington, Arizona. Mm-hmm. We don't have any weak, any weak sauce, you know, sisters in there. Um, let's see. Yeah. Well, and I don't really think. I mean, outside of uh, maybe Colorado and UCLA, 
But you, is there really a weak sauce well, team I in mean, the Pac-12? Well, you say that, but uh, overall, Colorado's three and five, UCLA's three and five, Arizona four yeah. and four, Cal four and four, so, so, Wazoo four and so four, Oregon State three and four, Arizona State five yeah. and three, USC five and three, Washington five and three, Stanford four and four. So, and what's what's Oregon? Oregon seven and one. Oregon's the only. Yeah, Oregon they're the only ones that. Oregon and Utah seven one. Okay. And then everybody else is five so, and three, four and four, or three and five, or other. three and four. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's you know. Okay, well, I'm 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 certainly hoping for USC, and I'm certainly hoping for OSU. So hopefully those two games fall. The rest I don't care about. There you go. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 132 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to send a comment, a suggestion, or leave a question, HeinrichTailgator, gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio app, Google Play Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher, Beach. Billy. It's been great. Next week, show number 133. Mm. Crazy how many of these we've done. I, I can't believe we've done that many. It's just, I, I can't believe we've been doing this crap this long and we still have an audience. Yeah. So I'm surprised we offended everybody by now. I probably have offended everybody, but they, they've stayed with us. So that's pretty cool. There you go. Well, hopefully the Beavs have a good weekend down in the desert. And until then, go Beavs.
Um, there are a couple of sports that are playing today. Okay. So we might just say something and then I'll cut some audio in later. You want me to say, Beads, next we're going to talk about such and such. We'll be like, no, and I that's go, fantastic. Really. Oh, that's disappointing. And well, then you I'm can say, cut it away. I'm going to say, and <laughs> oh, then on be- Sunday, I'm going to say, and then on Sunday, and I'll leave a pause. And then you're like, huh, well, who would have thought of that? Because <laughs> you don't know if they want to Can you believe lost. that? <laughs> exactly. Because you don't know if they Damn it, I was supposed to have the... Rem- oh. Reminds me, I, I was telling, uh, I was talking to Dunny the other night when we went out and saw the current war. And um, how was that? I was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, Tom Holland just cannot look like an old man. That's his tough thing. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's 12. Even and, though he's uh, like 24, 23. Is that what he is? Yeah, he's and, over 20. Uh, but, but I, when we, we, I think it was when we went to, to dinner or something, I, I mentioned, you know, uh, the old, uh, uh, whose line is it anyway? Where, mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Firth was on there, you know, and they'd always put him in front of the green screen. He's, can you believe what's going on behind me? Yeah. Can, I yeah. can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And South Carolina escaped Folsom Field with a 35-31 to win Friday night. South Carolina? South Carolina? Southern California escaped Folsom Field with a 35-31 to <laughs> win Friday night over the hard luck Buffaloes who fell what to 0-14 hell hell? <laughs> against the Trojans. <laughs> it's like he's not even in the same conference, even not even on the same side of the country. Here, let me look it up right now because I can edit this out. Okay. Um, do, 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 now you don't need to edit it out. I kind of covered for you. You're welcome. <laughs>